Kia ora, I'm Emile Donovan. And today on The Detail, it's finally over. You're waking up this morning to three more years of a Labour government. The country gave the party the greatest support it's had for at least 50 years. We will not take your support for granted. And I can promise you, we will be a party that governs for every New Zealander. Except... It's not. There are still 17% of the overall votes left to be counted. And there could be some serious implications. There is actually a chance for the Māori Party that if they did well enough on special votes for the party vote, they could actually bring in Debbie Narewa Packer as well. National's Maureen Pugh is trapped yet again in the revolving door of politics, not knowing for sure whether she's in or she's out. So, what electorate seats could still change hands, and what might this mean for the makeup of the next parliament? Sam Suchdeva is Newsroom's political editor. I began by asking him, in a somewhat beleaguered tone, Why are we still talking about the election? For goodness sake, isn't it over? Uh, it's a very great question. I, I, for one, wish we were done with it and we could all move on and... Look forward to a very lovely, sunny Christmas free of politics. But sadly, there are still 17% of the overall votes left to be counted. So, you know, can't can't wrap it up and, and call it a day until everyone's actually had their say and had it officially logged. Is it really 17%? That is a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's about 480,000 votes, uh, special votes as they're, they're called. So, And um, it's worth noting that in the past, the Electoral Commission has apparently um, low-balled it a bit. So they've, they've, that, that's only their estimate. And in the past, it's actually the total has come in over that. So it could even, could even be higher, depending on how many people um, have voted overseas and sent in their ballot, but perhaps it hasn't arrived or, you know, any, any sort of type of special vote that's over overcome or sort of overperformed expectations. Are all of these special votes from overseas? No, they're not. There are about 66,000 that come from overseas, I believe, or that might include some other types of votes, but it's it's definitely only a, a um, relatively small proportion. So um, there are a range of different reasons to cast a special vote. So, for example, if you're voting outside your electorate, last election I was out working on the campaign trail and couldn't uh, vote in Wellington Central, so I had to vote in Rotorua, and that would have counted as a special vote. If you're enrolled to vote after what they call writ day, so that's a, roughly a month before the election is when they go and, and sort the electoral rolls. So you can still enrol and you can still vote, but because you don't show up on the sort of official printed roll, they they count your vote as a special vote. And then there's a few other sort of minor minor things. You know, if you're a, a prisoner on remand, for example, if you're in hospital for some reason, or if uh, for some reason, you know, illness... Uh, or injury, you can't get to a polling place. Those are all other reasons to to have a special vote cast rather than sort of a normal normal vote. By the time the special vote count is released, that seems like weird phrasing, but we'll go with it. It will be almost three weeks since election night. Why does it take so long to count the special vote? Uh, it is primarily due, I believe, to those overseas votes. So they have to allow enough time for the votes to come back to New Zealand 
So, you know, they'll come from the UK or the US or, or anywhere. They get back to New Zealand, then they've actually got to go to the electorate itself to to be counted. So you need to account for the fact that, you know, posters is not great. Overseas mail can can be slightly delayed, so you need to leave enough time uh, enough time for everything to arrive. So that's the, the primary reason, I believe, why there's sort of a, a bit of a lag um, before you can actually get that final tally. Now, the special vote count might seem a bit boring and superfluous, so to show how it can affect someone's life, allow us to regale you with the ballad of Maureen Pugh. Pugh first stood for national in the 2014 election. She was ranked number 52 on the list. On election night, it looked like she'd sneak into Parliament, but once the special votes came in, Nationals' share of the vote was diluted to the point where Pew just missed out. A year later, this happened. The former climate change and trade minister, Tim Grocer, is leaving politics to replace Mike Moore as New Zealand's ambassador to the United States. Tim Grocer's decision to become New Zealand's ambassador, well, John Key's decision to appoint him, I guess, uh, to the US, has opened up a place in Parliament for Mrs Pugh. Good morning. Good morning, Guy. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Pugh ended up spending the rest of the term in the House and in 2017 once again contested the West Coast Tasman electorate. She once again lost and this time ranked 44 on the list. She once again looked like she'd sneak in. Then the special votes came in. And once again... Now, Nationals Nicola Willis and Maureen Pugh have both lost their seats. However, Labour's Angie Warren-Clark and human rights lawyer and Green candidate Golrees Gurriman will now be coming to Parliament as listing peas. Six months later, and once again... Let's begin with the changing of the guard at the top of the National Party. An unscheduled media conference at 11.30, his family there, and then Bill English briefly fighting back tears, calling time on a parliamentary career spanning more than quarter of a century. Once again, Maureen Pugh steps up and serves out the rest of the term. Now, 2020 rolls around, and this time Pugh is ranked 19th on the list. Surely, surely... She calls herself the Yo-Yo MP. National's Maureen Pugh is trapped yet again in the revolving door of politics. <laughs> I actually thought this might have been third time lucky. You know, I've been here before. Um, it's just the nature of the beast, you know, the MMP environment. So Maureen, you're pretty much saying you think you're out. Is that, is that what your feeling is at this point? Oh, I'm, I'm almost assured I'll be out. Uh, but, you know, as, I, as happened in the past, never sure how long that's for. Why does the special vote hate Maureen Pugh so much? She's had a rough run, hasn't she? Poor Maureen. I feel I feel very bad for her. She's, you know, bounced out twice before on specials, 2014 and 2017, and odds are that she's going to suffer the same fate again this time. So, you know, I, I don't know whether she's sort of walked under a series of ladders or kicked a black cat into oncoming traffic, but... Um, uh, yeah, it, it sort of gives you a little bit of sympathy for the perilous, perilous life of a, a list MP who is just sort of waiting on that bubble. And you know, she's she's she is still an MP. She's come here. She's done the induction for the the MPs, I imagine. But she'll um, she'll know that she is is more likely than not on her way out. 
They have tended to favour left-wing parties in the past, and I think that's because of the types of people who are likely to be living overseas or who will be voting out of their normal electorate or who may not be organised enough to enrol before RIP Day. So it, it has normally swung things that way. For example, uh, the last election, the left-wing parties gained a seat in Nashville and lost a seat, which made it a little bit easier for Winston Peters and New Zealand first to decide to go with Labour and the Greens over the Nats. Um, not not quite as close uh, this time around, so I don't think we're going to have that same sort of manoeuvring, but it, it can move numbers around. So can you actually explain how that kind of happens for someone who maybe isn't that familiar with um, how Parliament is kind of constructed? So it has to do with the overall percentage of party votes, because that is what determines under MMP how many MPs a party gets. National Party ended up, I think, around 27% on the night. But uh, if, if they do worse than that, not even necessarily significantly, but if they underperform their uh, non-special vote tally through the special votes, then that will drag that party vote down, and then that's when you start to you know, lose list spots. So you've got a certain allocation based on that election night performance, but the worse that gets the fewer MPs you, you get overall. So that's where it starts to bite for people like Maureen Pugh. Of course, it's not just list seats up for grabs. Even if people are living overseas, they still vote for electorate MPs, and some electorate seats were taken by very small margins. So what seats could still be up for grabs? Well, the fabled Auckland Central, for starters. Green Party candidate... Chloe Swarbrick has won Auckland Central, beating off Labour's Helen White and Nationals' Emma Mello for that role. The gap, though, is still relatively small, less than 500 votes between the Green and Labour candidates. Yeah, yeah, fascinating one. Um, was very interesting to watch it on the night. Obviously, you had uh, a couple of polls, there weren't that many, but the News Hub polls had Labour's Helen White with a you know a fairly handy lead initially, and then it, it got picked back. But I don't think anyone perhaps thought that Chloe would would take it out as as well as she she did. Although you know it is still close. I think it's four hundred ninety two votes. So um, you know they'll both both be sort of sweating on those those special votes and what they what they mean for that electorate result. Um, Greens have normally done quite well on specials as have Labour, I think Greens possibly more so. So there's probably enough reason to think that Chloe Swarbrick will hold on to that lead, although nothing nothing is certain. But, um, yeah, it's probably she's probably more confident than Helen White at this stage, I would imagine, in terms of that result, you know, staying the way she wants it to be. And then way down south in Invercargill as well, maybe? Yeah, um, I mean, and this is this is sort of indicative of of this the state of the National Party and just how big that red wave from from Labour was that you've got a seat like Invercargill in play. So it's Penny Simmons is the National candidate, uh, tentative MP. She's got six hundred and eighty five vote lead over Liz Craig, um, who is already in on Labour's list. But you know, winning an electorate seat is a a nice trophy. Um, it's 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 certainly in play. I would think it's 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 hard to know really because a, a lot of the um, you can't apply a uniform formula to, to figure out how much a uh, a special vote swing might affect individual electorates. You can make a guess but obviously things 
and matters and voters will differ depending on which electorate you're actually in. But um, there'll certainly be a degree of nervousness, I imagine, from, from Penny Simmons and National about that seat. You've got Maunga Keke, which is which is interesting. Um, it was it was somewhat surprising actually that Denise Lee managed to hold on to that seat, given uh, it's been marginal in the past. You had Priyanka Radhakrishnan for the Labour Party, who's an incumbent MP that normally helps, but she sort of withstood that that red tsunami of votes for now. But having said that, it's only a 580 vote lead. Again, that's probably right, right on the margin in terms of whether or not it could be could be overturned. So that's an interesting one to look at. Um, you go north of of Auckland uh, to Northland, where you've got the King Slayer, Matt King, who deposed of Winston Peters last time, um, saw off Shane Jones very handily. But his real challenger is Willow Jean Prime, so he's got a, a lead of about eight hundred votes, just under that. Um, over Willow Jean. I think he has said, I've seen him quoted in, in media as saying his, he thinks his chances are about 60-40, which is not not a great assessment wow, yeah. <laughs> from, from yourself. So whether that's based on any sort of polling or data analysis or just kind of a gut feel about where votes may go, um, I'm not sure. But, you know, that's that's certainly in, in play for Labour, I think, and another one that they'll be sort of keeping a close eye on next week. And speaking of historically blue seats, uh, did, what, what do you think about Tuki Tuki? Yeah, Tuki Tuki is interesting. I remember last election, 2017, we had looked at it in, in terms of whether it was a seat that could change because you had Lawrence Yule running for the uh, first time. He was the mayor of Hastings, um, so he had a bit of bit of a presence up there. But equally, that was around the time of the Campylobacter outbreak in, in Havelock North. So he had a bit of a sort of stigma attached to him, or a bit of a question mark, I guess, in terms of his leadership over that. But, you know, he withstood the Labour challenge. It was a relatively comfortable win, I believe, over a 1,000 votes. Uh, so, you know, in, in that sense... Somewhat surprising to see it flip, but but not overly so. Given it was one of those ones that was kind of on the on the bubble last time, or certainly in a, a seat to watch in terms of a potential change. The most marginal seat in the country. What are we talking about here? That is Whangarei, where we have Dr Shane, as he's become known to the country, or Shane Loretti, National's health spokesman, is only 164 votes ahead of Labour's Emily Henderson. And that's a, that, again, is a real surprise and quite indicative of just how dominant Labour have been uh, this election, that, you know, that it's even that close. And, you know, to be honest, if I were Shane Reddy, I'd be very, very worried. That's a very slender margin. Um, we've talked about the fact that, that left-wing candidates, left-wing parties tend to do better on special votes. So it wouldn't take much of an uptick if, if at all to to flip that uh, to Emily Henderson. So we are quite likely, I would suggest, to see that seat change. Um, you, 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 know, you never know. There could be some sort of strange oddity that keeps it... In, in Shane's favour, but that's probably the most likely of any of the ones we've talked about, I think, to, to change hands once the special votes do come in. And now we come to a couple of the Māori electorates. Could we see John Tummyheader in Parliament, Sam? JT in Parliament, we've seen it before. He would doubtless make the place slightly more interesting and lively. Uh Unfortunately for him, I think he's got too much to do. So he's, 
902 votes behind Pini Hanare and Tamaki Makoto, it's it's that's a big big margin to overcome, and I would say it's it's probably less likely than some of those other ones that we we could see a change. I mean, don't rule anything out, but. I, I haven't sensed any real optimism from from the Māori Party that that is a seat that they could suddenly bring into play. And the other Māori seat that we're talking about... Whakahokia anō te Pāti Māori ki roto i te Whariparimata, the Māori Party is back in Parliament, well, with special votes in Waiariki, mirror those counted on the night last night, because at the end of the evening, Rawiri Waititi was leading Labour's Tamati Coffee by 421 votes. I mean, this could have massive implications, uh, this one, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Waiariki, where you've got the Māori Party's uh, Rawiri Waititi, 400 voting, 415 votes ahead over Tamati Coffee. Um, and this is, yeah, you're, you're right, it's sort of existential for the Māori Party. Do do they get a, a foothold back in Parliament, a chance to rebuild their identity and, and sort of market the party to, to potential voters through Rawiri? Or, you know, are they on the, the outside again? So it's... Uh, you know, it's a really big deal. And there, there is actually a chance for the Māori Party that if they did well enough on special votes for the party vote, they could actually bring in Debbie Narewa Packer as well. So, you know, there's a, a, a number of different permutations here in terms of how the Māori Party come out of this. But uh, it, it's hard hard to know. Tamati Coffee is very publicly said he's not not conceding defeat. He thinks that he could uh, he could flip it, and 415 votes it's it's is quite marginal. So um, you know, I, I think the Māori Party will certainly be waiting to see whether or not their comeback has actually come to fruition or not. That's pretty amazing for the Māori Party's point of view. So it is it is completely viable that after special votes are counted, the Māori Party could have zero MPs, one MP, or two MPs. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, sort of Schrodinger's electoral result. Until you open the until you open the bag, you don't actually know what's in there. So, I, I would think on balance, probably one MP is the most likely result of those. I, I can see uh, Rawiri holding on to that lead. Um, they would have to do exceptionally well on the party vote in the specials to to bring in an extra MP. Uh, I think probably better than they've ever done before. Uh, not not impossible, but it's certainly unlikely, you'd, you'd probably have to say. Looking at the numbers at the moment, are there any possible permutations for the formation of a government? Like, like in the 2017 election, obviously, the special votes were absolutely crucial. Could there be similar consequences this time around, or, or is it reasonably settled at the moment, do you think? going to be a bit more boring this time I'm afraid simply because of the extent of of Labour's margin you know they've got 64 seats I believe out of out of 120 so they've got a bit to play with so even if they were to suddenly and weirdly underperform their their non-special vote uh, numbers they would still have enough of a buffer to, to hang on to that majority so it's not really not really in play in terms of government formation there is the chance that the Greens could pick up another seat they've done that in the past that would bring in Steve Abel who's an 11th spot he has been uh, taking part in the induction processes and caucus meetings just in case he does come in last Friday the provisional referendum results were released. Is the special vote 
um, part of that release, or could those referendum results also change on the basis of special votes if they swayed particularly one way or the other? Uh, yes, they, they definitely could change. The special votes are in play. So the, the numbers that came out last week, those don't include special votes, overseas votes. Um, I have seen some probably overly optimistic suggestions from some in the yes camp on, on cannabis, for example, that if there's sort of a, a three-point margin or you know a handful of points um, separating no ahead of yes, that that could change on specials. Um, certainly possible. Again, if you look at the sort of more left-wing slant of special votes that come in, uh, you know, any sort of small lead for the no vote on cannabis or or euthanasia um, could certainly be uh, at risk of, of being overturned. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Rangi Poak and produced by Mark Jennings. And thanks to Sam Suchdeva. Mateo. Mateo.